Today's reading is taken from the book of Acts, starting at chapter 1, verse 1. And it says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be, with, you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone. What a joyous day it is to be in church gathered together. And a great morning to be looking at the promise of the Holy Spirit. So my son, Elijah, you've probably seen him toddling about, he turns two in a few weeks' time. So, you know, preparations have begun to begin. We've begun to think about that all-important subject of birthday cake. And I started to buy a bit of icing and think, what am I going to make? And Elijah has noticed this, and he's begun asking questions. Like, what's that? What's that for? So I've tried to explain, well, in a few weeks' time, it'll be your birthday. He's been to a few parties, so he's picked up on the concept of birthday cake. So I said, and mummy's going to make you a special cake. And I thought that conversation was done, and that was all fine. Anyway, for the next probably hour, I got questions of, mummy, mummy make cake. Mummy make cake now. Where's cake? Cake, special cake. Um, and I was fine. Okay, I was like, sure, this evening, put him to bed. The next morning, gets up goes into the kitchen. It's like, mummy, wear cake. <laughs> and he was relentless for a while. It's very hard to explain the concept of waiting to an almost two-year-old, isn't it? Uh, but this ex exchange, although that's a bit silly, that stayed with me as I've been thinking about this passage. Because Jesus was promising his friends, the disciples, something far better and far more life-changing than birthday cake. He was promising them the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this is the last thing he wanted to tell them before he went up to heaven. So there are three things I want to focus on from the passage that James read out to us. The disciples needed to prepare themselves. Jesus said, do not leave Jerusalem, wait. The Spirit, the character of the Spirit is the second thing. It was as had already been told to them. So Jesus said, you have heard me speak about this. And then number three, they needed to know about the power of the Spirit, what the Spirit would enable them to do. You will be my witnesses. So, number one, the need for preparation. Just as I've begun 
thinking about that cake and buying some ingredients, the disciples were given instructions. Verse 4 says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised. If we read ahead in verse 14, we see that the disciples returned to Jerusalem and all joined constantly together in prayer. So this preparation time, they spent in prayer and fellowship. I don't know about you, but sometimes waiting can seem like a really inactive, boring thing to do. But waiting, it's not wasted time. It's not idle time. It's time when actually God is preparing us. He's equipping us to be the people he wants us to be. It's equipping us for the next stage. If we read the whole book of Acts, we see it's full of all these amazing things. And Jesus' friends, the disciples, they needed this time of waiting before God used them in this way. Waiting is a time where we don't lean on our own understanding of how things should be, but it's a time when we surrender to God, even when we don't fully understand. And that's what I think is going on here. The disciples, they've had a bit of a a roller coaster of a few weeks, haven't they? And they've probably got really mixed feelings. I've been thinking about this, especially over Easter and over this time of ascension leading to Pentecost period. They must have been a little bit all over the place, and I can't say I blame them. But their hearts and minds in this time were being prepared for the next chapter. And if any of us feel stuck here this morning, or if we're in a time of waiting, or a time when we're not sure what the next thing is, don't give up praying. Don't give up meeting together. Those are the two things that we read here that the disciples kept on doing. That was how they prepared themselves. And God used that preparation time powerfully. They're two essential ways that we can do really easily, and they prepare us for the Holy Spirit to meet with us. So number one, the need for preparation. Number two, the disciples had already been told about who the Holy Spirit was. So verse four again, Jesus said, which you have heard me speak about. Like I said, Acts is this really exciting book of the Bible. We see the Holy Spirit moving powerfully through the disciples. But the Holy Spirit's not a new character. We don't just suddenly get to Acts in the Bible and God's like, oh, by the way, guys, there's another part of me. Sometimes we can read it and I think we we see it like that because Acts is a book where the Holy Spirit is really given to the disciples. But the Holy Spirit has been there since the beginning of time. And actually, Jesus, especially in John's Gospel, has already told his disciples about what the Holy Spirit is like, even if they didn't have full understanding a very flippant comparison. Elijah understands the concept of birthday cake, but if you think we've let him have birthday cake in all its fullness yet, you are sadly mistaken. He hasn't had the full icing, full sprinkles. He, he knows cake exists, but he doesn't know what, what cake's going to do to him and for him in his life. So that's a bit like the Holy Spirit. John 14 to 16 provide a real character study on some of the characteristics of who the Spirit is. And essentially, he's another like Jesus. He's described as an advocate. That means he's a helper. He's described as the Spirit of truth, just after Jesus has called himself the truth. He's called the presence of God. He's called a teacher. He's called a guide. It's said that he brings peace and comfort. 
And his character that we've already been told about, that is the context for how we are to understand the works that he does, the miracles that we see happen. We need to understand them in the character of God. And it's a really good way of assessing. Sometimes we think, how do I know that's the Holy Spirit? Or does it fit in with the image of God, the essence of God that we know to be true throughout the whole of the Bible? And that is what we must weigh our experience in accordance with. So we see in Acts the Spirit being a guide. We see it being a helper. We see it being a friend, an advocate who pushed the disciples on to do more than they probably thought or imagined. Do we know the Holy Spirit? Do I know the Holy Spirit? Do you know the Holy Spirit? That's probably a question for you to go home and ponder on. Are we scared of the Holy Spirit? Because sometimes it can seem like maybe the lesser talked about part of God, the more alien part of the Trinity. But the Holy Spirit is the same spiritual substance as Jesus. But the truth is he lives within us. Just as Jesus walked along with his disciples in the world, the Holy Spirit now can live in us. And we are called temples of God's Spirit. And that's amazing. So the Spirit was as pre-told to the disciples. They already had some knowledge of who the Holy Spirit was. And then thirdly, the disciples were warned about the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And if we read Acts, we sort of see this framework happening. That's exactly what happens. There's sort of ripples. The disciples witness to people, and these encounters and their testimony about Jesus ripples out, and more people hear, and more people hear. And that was because of what the Spirit enabled them to do. The power of the Holy Spirit transformed them and enabled them to be witnesses. And this isn't something that was limited to the early church. Actually, Jonathan's been unpacking recently to us the Great Commission, hasn't he? And talking about the alls within it and how those alls very much relate to us now. We have all authority to go to all nations, teaching them all things whilst he is with us always. Our God is a powerful God, but not in a domineering, uncomfortable way, which is sadly how some of us associate, uh, what some of us associate power with. No, he is powerful, but he is a good God, a just God, a kind God, a loving God, a merciful God. And through his spirit, he is enabling us to be the people he created us to be. So on this Ascension Sunday, let us remember that God fulfills his promises. He prepares us. He has pre-told us about himself. He has given us a way of assessing uh, the works of the spirit in accordance with his character. And he enables us to do what he asks of us. Let us trust in our God as God the Father. You know, just as I'm so excited to make this birthday cake and celebrate Elijah because I'm his mum, how much more is our Father God excited to be in relationship with us? 
Let us trust in Jesus, that he is everything that he said he was, that he rose from the grave, that we can trust his promises about the Spirit. Just like, you know, I'm standing here saying in front of you all that I'm definitely going to make a birthday cake. You're all going to ask me about it now. Like, (laughs) hopefully it will turn out okay. But let us trust in Jesus that he keeps his promises. And let us trust in the Spirit. He's not someone to be treated with fear or coldness. Rather, he is God and he is given to help us and to help us grow. Uh, just as I help Elijah grow by feeding him cake. That is what the Spirit is given to us for. And that's the amazing story of what we see happening. And the Ascension Day is where Jesus' disciples, his friends, are prepared for that. So I'm going to pray in a minute, and I'm going to invite the band to come up, and we're going to sing a song called Shine. It's another action song, so do... I apologize for my actions, but you're all invited to join me up the front. But it's that sense of actually we're asking God to fill us and to send us to be his witnesses to the end of the earth. And I think that's quite an exciting thing to sing about. So Father God, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, thank you that you can live in us, that we can be in relationship with you that you enable us to do that which you have called us to do. You strengthen us, you encourage us, you grow us. I thank you for all of those truths, and I pray each one of us would know you more dearly, more intimately, more truthfully this morning. May we meet with your spirit now, God. We thank you that you are here. I pray for a tangible sense of your presence as we worship you. Amen.